How are you going? All right. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Haley. Hello. So, where are you this week? You're in Brisbane. What's the weather up in Brisbane? It's been cool, actually. And yeah. I, made, I made the mistake of leaving my jacket behind at a restaurant we went to. Oh, we were at the Gold Coast, and so today I had to go shopping. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, what a great excuse. <laughs> but no, it's, it's been cool. So if anyone that hasn't packed for our um, amazing conference that we're all looking forward to next week, pack something that you can throw on because it has been cool. I've, I've frozen all week. Yeah. So, and I haven't got a jumper on now because I'm I'm upstairs at, in a well, house. Well, shopping should be good. How about you, Hayley? How are you going? Yes, good. No, it's cold here, Lisa. So it, it's oh. pleasure to be on holidays in Queensland. First day of spring. I just need sunshine. I just need to defrost my bones. Came to Queensland, walk on the beach, like shivering. Anyway, Noosa well, will be warmer. Noosa is going to be just warmer. Noosa is a different kind of place. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm still jealous because, I, as I said, I just learned that uh, Haley is going to the Melbourne Cup and sitting there and sipping champagne all afternoon in the uh, members' lounge and arriving helicopter and leaving in the helicopter. Amazing. I'm not going to make it because apparently we couldn't. So Melbourne I, Cup, Haley is on my to-do list. Oh, yeah. I'd actually like to catch the cruise ship down and, you know, go to the Melbourne Cup and, and cruise home. But yes. this year we have looked at the date and we just have not got time. There's, there's too many things happening. So yeah. maybe next year. Fair enough. We enjoy. Yeah. No, we've had friends have a great time on the cruise. You've done the cruise, haven't you? No, friends have and they loved it. But yeah. um, George Butcher did that, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. 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 Darren Stad did. And I can't yeah, wait to see your hat. I'm sure it'll be amazing. Yes, I can't. I can't believe your husband working that hard and being that rich that the, the stingy bastard has another. How <laughs> <laughs> <So> funny! <laughs> She's such a nice person. I can't even get her to just sway by. Anyway, all right. So, so what what is the topic for this week? Well, this week's topic is to conquer the fear of risk taking, which is a big one, isn't it? Because it is. yes. Yeah. You know, at first when I put it on, I went, ah, well, you know, it's going. And then I'm start thinking about it. And I'm going, hold on, I'm suffering from that. Yeah, There's... And I think most people do because you know life's full of risks. So you might not only be thinking about um, business or or career wise, but you know we've all taken risks in relationships and you know putting yourself out there. Any sort of yeah. Time. My wife took a risk, I didn't. <laughs> yes, we do know that you're punching, but that's... Stephen told me that today, Thomas. That's an old line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so, so let's have a look. We, we, we're talking about the, the, the fear of taking risk. Yeah. So... I, I was but a risk is so different to, to everyone. Like a risk for me and a risk for you is, is totally different. Yeah. And I think that's where we should... My, my life would be a walk in the park, Thomas. If I had to step into your shoes, whew, every minute would be a risk. <laughs> like it's different for everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what do we mean? What do we mean by risk taking then? What does it mean to you, Lisa? Well, I, I had a look um, back over my life and sort of thought about, okay, what what risks have I taken? Yep. Um, I've lived in three states. So was that a risk or was it an adventure? For me, I looked at it that I was going on an adventure. Yeah. When I look at it, like it, it was a risk. You know, there was a lot of a lot at stake when we moved and poor Tyson, it took him three years to get out of kindergarten, but he eventually got there. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's you know, for me, it's moving into state, it's um, end of relationships, divorce, single mum, moving back, dragging the kids back across the country from Perth to Sydney, you know, deciding that I would... Um, which has been a major one, hang on to our family home and keep the kids in their own home, which we're still in. And that's always been huge for us. Um, so it's new relationships, change of career, new job. So yeah. budgeting, like there's lots. For me, that's that's my life. Nice, nice. To, to, for me, uh, Hayley, it is, it is about doing Taking risks is about doing something that actually can make you lose what you have, what you have built, or what uh, reputation you might have in, in other people's um, mind or opinion. Yep. So it is about losing something that you already have. Yeah, okay. What about you as a psychologist? <laughs> well, Oh, that's a devil laugh. Yes, that's right. <laughs> the risk involves like some sort of danger to achieve a goal. So people set about that in risk taking. We're talking about, you know, not just jumping off a cliff knowing we're going to die. That's not a risk. Like we're talking about risks as in there's like an added element of uncertainty towards a goal, a given goal, whatever that might be, or something is setting out to achieve. Because the reality in risk-taking is that you may, taking that risk may not achieve that goal. So it's, it's that fear of failure that we've spoken about previously as well. So, yeah, it's a sense, it's something, an action that is going to... Um, that presents some sort of danger or uncertainty towards achieving a goal. But I think it's also breaking it down and working out what your fear is yep. as well because... So, know, so what fear are you talking about then, Lisa? Well, is it a fear of public speaking? Like what is it you're afraid of? Is it a fear of, as Hayley said, failing in your friend's eyes, like not being a success? Is it a fear of losing money? Like break it down and work it out, work out what you are actually afraid of. What yeah. is it about this situation, about the risk, that's fearful? Okay. Because I, I, I thought about all this and then I put that into about, I think, five categories. And it's about, for me, it's about the fear of making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's about the fear of failure. When, when you're doing some risk analysis or you, you're scared of taking a risk, you, obviously there's a fear of failure, but there's also a fear of loss. Uh, there's a fear of judgment, whether it is the fear of not looking good or being perceived as incompetent or not competent. And then I put the last one as the fear of success, because sometimes, let's put it this way, I, it took me a long time before I came up with that one, because I thought, 
some people they see success as being a pain for example a, a girlfriend dumped someone he then goes into a mode of total destruction deep within it's my fault mea culpa what have i done why what happened let's have a look and and to me because he goes through it's such a level of pain that he's now scared of taking the next step with the next person so there is that fear of now taking that risk of the next step with the next person he he by the way he deeply falls in love with he loves the person but something within is driving him to refrain him from taking that risk and so i i look at those five and i went okay is um is the risk there and and then i also thought all right so what is the fuel of these things and and to me doubt is a fuel but we're going to talk about this so so let's talk about those fears i mean is there any other fear uh heavy yeah so well i guess people have specific phobias but when you boil it down to those fears they're the major ones like they're the ones that people keep coming back to right because that's um don't say don't say don't say too much because i want to keep you for the piece of resistance as we say (laughs) like when you're talking about risk taking yes they they you've sort of hit the nail on the head and i wondered whether you would get to that fear of success because a lot of people do fear success they don't some people are uncomfortable with compliments and accolades you know and want to retreat and yeah, that, that is common. Oh, absolutely. I, I, listen, my father has put me through so much garbage before I became successful Any in, in anything. I, I still remember I was uh, 10 years old and uh, dad was the president of the um, Vietnamese community in terms of refugees in, in Belgium. And... I, I don't think I was even 10. And, and, and that Christmas night, dad has made a promise that my, my kids are going to sing in front of all of you. And there was, uh, in that church, over a thousand people. It was back. And he asked all of us to sing a Vietnamese song, which like, like hold on. I, I'm, I speak French. I'm, I'm cool. Vietnamese, I'm, I've got a problem. And the... He, he still managed to tell me after we sang the song that, you know, I did not really look like I enjoyed myself. And, and, and so there is so much of that thing that really got me to really feel like, hold on, success will come with a problem. So don't go for success because you don't go for success. You will get that problem. You know, that, that criticism of your own father, someone who gives you love is so much more painful than the success you're going to get from people's clapping in the church. Yeah. And I think with, um, you know, stepping outside that comfort zone. Right. It can be difficult for so many people for so many different reasons and whether that's, you know, um, from previous experiences or, uh, yeah, self-doubt or, um, you know, all of that sort of internal dialogue that's going on around that, 
that it is, yeah, it, it does create a significant fear and an anxiety sort of response. And you, you avoid that. People don't want to feel uncomfortable. They don't want to feel out of their depth or feel out of control. And that's what stepping outside your comfort zone and taking a risk really does. It messes with um, your emotions. And a lot of the notes that I've taken and a lot of things that I've thought about, like preparing for today, it all, it all comes back to believing in yourself and having that confidence and, and the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you perceive a situation, you know. And if you are scared, it all comes back to going, you know, you can do this. I can do this. But it'll be okay. And breaking it down and seeing what what is the worst thing that can happen. What's the worst scenario? You're going to look like a goose or you're going to succeed, you know, or you're going to have fun and have a laugh and move on. Yes, Thomas. <laughs> already talking about solutions. So I wanted to ask you, how can I feel or even say these things when I feel I can't? You have to. You just have, It's just something that you have to do. You just have to give yourself that hard talk every now and again, look in the mirror and tell yourself that you've got it and that you can do it. So you know, yes, that in itself can be a fear that you have to conquer to believe in yourself. But that's that's the basis. If you believe in yourself, you've got your own back, do it. Yeah. And I think it's about also accepting um, failure because the chances are... And being are able to have a laugh and have fun along the way. It didn't work out, but you know what? It was fun and, you know, this is the journey that you took instead yeah because of in terms of um of failure you know people want to try to avoid that when in fact that the most successful people have failed a thousand times if not more and failure was part of the process yeah but hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on listen i'm not i'm not only going to talk about the male species but i'm going to talk about for me okay i got punish all my life for every single failure. How the hell are you going to tell me to dare stepping into the world and accept more failure? Well, in taking risks, they've got to be calculated. You're going to have to weigh that up, and I'm sure you have, and I'm sure some of your business ventures and some of your relationships have failed, but you took the risk. You walked up to that girl and said hi when everything in your body said don't do it don't do it you know she, she might reject you or um you know when you were like should I open another store in this location like you would have you you do calculate risk you go yes I've done my research but hey there's so many variables that could go wrong and that's where it comes back to knowing where you want to go what you want to be you know what what is your goal what's, and I'll take that what's chance. the destination what's the journey that you want yeah. or you can sit and wallow in the same place for 6 12 18 months or you can just go okay I'm going to do it and believe in yourself and have a go as my mum would say <laughs> and I mean you've got to look at some of the benefits I guess so like you have this fear of failure so why would anyone do anything? Like, why does anyone step outside their comfort zone? It's because they go, okay, but the benefits might weigh out, like outweigh my fear 
or you know yeah you know, I might get so I might get something out of this I might make more money or I might get a relationship or I might yeah find a companion or whatever it is there's a pull in that might direction because you're never guaranteed um, you know you can be very strategic and very calculated and weigh up all your options but it's not guaranteed so it yeah. is a risk but in that weighing up process also like talking to your friends and your family often when you I've said it before when you vocalize it and and talk to people who support you often your fears aren't actually as big when they're out loud as what they are in your head. You know, you build them up, you build them up, you build them up. Okay, we're going to spend the rest of our podcast on talking solutions, right? So we are already giving quite a few solutions. So you're saying like you have, uh, you have a group of people who help you when you go through fears? Is that what you're saying, Lisa? Well, if you're going through a tough spot or you've got a situation family and friends for me is who I turn to for support for help oh my god I've got a podcast tonight (laughs) you know reality check this is what's happening oh you know make some notes that's your solution no but no like often when you vocalize your fears they're actually not as big as what you think they are in your head so you know you you can come up with some solutions, you know, and and the worst scenarios. What's going to happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Okay. All right. That's okay. yeah, so. that's a very, very good one. Okay. What, what's another solution we can give people? Well, I think one of them is around balancing your emotions with the logic. Right. Your emotions can take over. The fear can take over. Um, and it's often not logical. So... Um, often, like in psychology, we refer to certain things like, um, you know, when we, we get in our cars every day and we drive and the majority of people don't sort of overly fear that. They just do it and get from A to B and not really think about it. And yet then we have people who, you know, have to get up and do a speech and go into total meltdown and fear and shake and things. And when you weigh up the risk, there is a super high chance you can get into an accident and die from getting in a car, but you can't from standing up and talking in front of someone. So your emotions totally outweigh your logic when it comes to something like that. I've done enough public speaking. And if, so I can tell you, if you have a metal detector, you know whether there's a gun, you don't turn up. If if, there's, if it's safe, it's fine. But it, it's very good that you you, you brought this up. And, and you know what, Hayley, I, I know you're a director of a of large kind of a business that is talking about mental health and all these things. But I want to ask you here. It has happened to me when I wake up and I'm about to drive to the office. And uh, the days when I'm going to the office with my wife, sometimes, sometimes my head goes, maybe my wife should drive today. And something in my head is going, maybe something will happen if I do drive. Hmm. Why is that? Well, lots of people have fears or, um, yeah, some sort of, I guess, moment where it's sort of like, oh, I don't know whether to, you know, it's in your gut and you go, oh, I don't know, what's that for? You know, why am I doing that? And you and 
and some people will go, well, if I do this, if I do this, something good will happen. If I do that, something bad will happen. And it's like, either go with it and, you know, let your wife drive and nothing happens and you go, oh, good, that's good. Yeah. I was but right. I also, I think it's important not to read too much into those type of feelings because you can send yourself crazy. Like you could just be tired that day. You could have I'm more, to more pressure than an, uh, any other day. You could be having like I, a I get, I get you know, your so. thought of that is what I do in terms of IQ. And I love it when you talk about EQ versus IQ because that's what I, I talk about in the, in the book. But why do I do that? I mean, I'm a positive kind of guy. I'm the kind of guy that really has gone through so many crappy things in my life and has conquered them and and I can say you know you know what tell us how you've done that Thomas because you've you've got more experience than probably Hayley and I put together so how have you done that I can't I can't because I'm saying to you I'm going to be honest with you right because what, what have you done what have you done to like you know you could hardly read you would pick up newspapers and 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 read them off off the street so that you could improve your English like you you have had a hard journey and you have faced challenges but you've always had that belief in yourself to be able to to do that how have you done that because like for me and probably for Hayley as well it's it's hard to relate to you like with the hard experience that you've had with your father I can't imagine feeling like that you know like I've never been through that so it's it's like I empathize with you and I like I try to understand what you have gone through, but, you know, like it's very different to our situation. So how have you, how have you done that? I think if it wasn't for my wife, I probably would end up with Shine. If you ever get the opportunity to watch a movie Shine, that was uh, what I've gone through. But I have to tell you now, I, I and I kid you not, this is why I'm asking a question. I was trying to hide it. Lisa, you're a bitch because you just... <laughs> But this morning, I was about to go to the office with my wife. And one of the thoughts I had, Hayley, is maybe I shouldn't drive today. Maybe my wife should drive. So I said to my wife, hey, listen, I'm a bit tired with the seminars coming up. I Maybe you should drive. But in reality, in my own head, I was going through, maybe I'll have an accident today. And I'm thinking... Is that risk taking? Is that imagination? And then, it, therefore, should I just join the Alfred Hitchcock kind of club, or or is is there something wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just voicing what others sometimes feel when they, I don't know, they've got other things happening on their mind, and you know, you can jump into that, you know, worst case scenario of oh. You know, I might have an accident today, um, you know, and it is <clears throat> easy to sweep it under the rug and sort of go, no, I won't. The probability of that is, uh, uh, and off you go. And you get in the car and you drive and nothing happens. Maybe that was just a message from the universe that you need to drive more careful, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to slow down. You, you, you might have just got booked. Stop being so dramatic. <laughs> you scare me. You scare me. All right, so what, what, what is another solution? I have one solution, I think, for people who are scared of taking risks, 
And, and I, I don't like the word overcoming. Uh, I, and that's why I use the word conquer, the fear, because overcoming means we're just doing enough so that we don't have that fear. Conquer means you bust it. And for me, one of the ways to really take risk, and now we, I'm answering uh, Lisa's question, is you must take small steps, not big steps, small steps. Because small steps give you confidence and build your confidence. Big steps, you only have to miss one and you're now asking yourself that question for way, way longer than you should. Where small steps, you first of all, you conquer it more easily, but also then you avoid uh, that question. Yeah, that's good. So what's, I, another, what's another solution, Hayley? Um, well, I think you always need to evaluate the risk. Um, so that you can, I don't know, just weigh it up and have enough knowledge about it. Because some people will present a risk to you and you're like, oh, you know, you've got to, you've got to be, you know, your own master and look into that and do all of that yourself. Don't let people just come at you with their ideas and things like that. When you're doing calculating, calculating the risk, you've got to do that yourself. Right. And do you have a fear of doing it and a fear of succeeding because it's your wish or someone else's wish? I think you need to look at whether it's something that you want for yourself or if it's something that someone else is trying to get you to do or they think you should do. Yeah. And I think what Lisa was talking about before was, you know, you know, soundboarding that with someone, like whether it be your mentor or a family member, that didn't bring the risk to you or didn't sort of table it, but some another person who you can sort of run it by, those sort of things are always helpful. Like, should right. I do this? I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? Right. What, yeah, you know, you got to always soundboard it. Okay, okay. The other thing yep. is that I will say <clears throat> is, and this is very psychologist of me, you have to have coping strategies for if the plan fails. It's <laughs> true, though. It's you true. Me? <laughs> How will you handle the situation if it doesn't go to plan? So if you go, oh, I'm, you know, I want to fill in this job application, I really want to go for this promotion, you know, You've got to have something in your tool belt if you don't get it. You know, it's okay if I don't get it. That's just the experience and, you know, I'll try again or whatever. But you have to picture, I guess, the failure as it not being so so bad so that it's not all doom and gloom. It's, yes, yeah, so how will I cope if it doesn't go, even mm. if it doesn't fail, but if it just doesn't go the way you expected it to go or wanted it to go, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know whether this kind of podcast is really helping me because you're, you're, you're igniting a lot of things in me. But my son a few days ago uh, sent me a, a link to a movie called Whiplash. And, and he said uh, in one of the texts, you know, uh, memes, memes of my life. And I'm going, what does he mean? You know, 
And I'm reading a little bit about that stuff because obviously whatever my children's putting on, on, on stuff in terms of message, I want to understand exactly what's a message under the message. And I'm thinking, what is he saying? That I'm being tough on him? I, I, I don't hit the kid because he can't do stuff. I don't, I don't just make him bleed because he can't do stuff. But so I, I sort of like uh, uh, didn't want to know. But so, so what happens if you live in an environment where your family expects you to be at a certain level and you try to come up with some coping strategy and they go, oh, mate, we don't need coping strategy. You either do it or you do it. Personally, you still need strategy. You do have strategies. Everyone does. And whether that's, you know, something that's... Whether you're admitted or not, you'd have something in the back of your, your mind. Of yeah, what you, what you do yeah. when you're not coping, right. whether you go for a drive, whether you drink wine, whether you, you know, call a friend, whether you do something. Everyone has coping strategies. But what I'm talking about is when you are going to calculate a risk and possibly take it, like what Lisa said, like move her entire family across the state. She would have, you know, been going, oh, where are we going to live? How's it going to, how much is it going to cost? You know, all of these things, weighing up sort of pros and cons and going, no, we're going to do it and we'll make it work. And if the kids aren't happy or, you know, I can't find a job or blah, 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 these are the things I'll do, you know. I'll sit down and talk with them. I'll do this. So, you know, we'll have family there to help us or whatever it was, she would have had some cushioning around that risk. I might be wrong, Lisa. You can share no, that. No, that's true. You would have wait, you know, you would have still taken the risk, but gone, okay, if it doesn't quite yeah. go to plan and some things go wrong, hopefully I'll be okay because I'll do these things. I think we've lost Thomas. Lost he doesn't like, he's decided he doesn't like the podcast anymore it's all too much yeah no, that's very true like having having a backup plan and your coping mechanisms like of course when you that that was a huge thing in my life I had to think what I was going to do if you know I couldn't get back into our house or if I um yeah, yeah. so that was that was huge and yes I did have to have a backup plan hi Thomas <laughs> yeah great and I think, um, Thomas is on mute yeah he is on mute <laughs> sorry something happened uh, I was uh, kicked out and uh, I managed to get back in so I didn't know so I, I, I'm try I'm just trying to understand because this is fantastic stuff I, I'm do you know what I, this is what I tell my friends every every second week I do this NG podcast, at least I'm growing. I don't care about the rest, but I'm growing. So one of my answers for, um, in terms of solution, and this is what I did this morning. I was training a, um, a young dude and he, he was scared of taking risk. And yesterday I was in his office and I was trying to teach him how to just go out there and tell the seller the truth about his house. And today he's, he came up with some kind of excuse and I couldn't help myself. It was quite colorful kind of language. And I said to him, listen, mate, this is what we do. And it can't be perfect. 
you have to go and do it. You will, two things will happen. Either you won't do it or you'll get lessons. Oh, I'm sorry, either you do it or you get lessons, which means you learn how to do it better. And I, and I think that one of the solutions for me is you must just do it. Because if you get involved into just doing it, then you're fine. I personally believe that there's no such thing as calculated risk because too many people, and me included, I've done it, spend more time in calculating it than doing it. Yeah, and I would agree with that because you can get stuck in that pros and cons and weighing it all up. So one of my things, and you've just nailed it, was accept doubt. Everyone I like that. I like that. And you're going to have it because when something is meaningful to you, you're going to have a sense of doubt. So you've got to accept it. Yeah, but if what if doubts? But normally, the desire for the goal or for whatever you're doing is bigger than the doubt. Yeah, so I, I understand it. But what if what if doubt frees you, Lisa? What if like that? When I have a doubt, I go, "Oh, I won't do it then," because. When I was 20 years old, I took risks. Like, if I had to tell you some of the stuff that I did when I was 20 with Veronique, you'd probably laugh. I know. Max was yeah. telling me yeah. some of the risks that he takes as well today, and it's like, yeah. I don't even want to know, Max, or yeah. you'll never be on that motorbike again. <laughs> but, but, but there are things now, when I look at, uh, I've got four kids that really depend on me. There are things that I want to do before I, I passed on so that these kids have got the life that I didn't have and, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to do a lot more things just around them. So I go, how the hell do I conquer those doubts when all I have is, I'm not thinking of myself. I'm thinking of now, how do I make their life easier? Yeah. Well, you're not going to overcome the doubt. That's why you've got to accept it. And then it comes back to that trial and test. Right. Okay. Good. Good. I like that. So what's another answer, Lisa? Have you got another answer in terms of solution? But if we didn't have the doubt, wouldn't we just all be full of ego and like just all be cocky and just all be like overconfident? Like isn't the doubt, a little bit of doubt good to bring you back down to reality and like be levelled? Is it? No one's answering me. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, listen, I'm, I'm listening to the expert. I, I, I think that doubt is is normal, but I think that in life, maybe if I had to compare, why is it that when I had nothing, I, I accomplished and I did, I took on so much. It's that like, I didn't care, and I didn't have a problem with the doubt. I, it's like maybe you could have got more to lose now. So I'm just thinking that the, the answer to your question is how much of risk do we imagine? Yeah. And I think that's what, um, like I was trying to talk about before, that often things feel scarier than what they actually are. And sometimes the risk, the level of risk is not, doesn't directly relate to how scared or how fearful you are. Um, and so that's, and I know we keep talking about calculating, but I don't, like, it's not about that. It's about really, um, <clears throat> I guess, evaluating that. Pros and cons. Yeah, but not too much because you just don't want to dwell on it because no one would do anything, you know, because that, 
that's part of that fear is going, well, if I've got eight in this column and I've only got six in this, then maybe I shouldn't, you know, and, and it can get really bogged down in that. So, so when we do see someone that is bogged down, yeah. and people like people who can't, who, who see their life as not being as what they expected and not what they wanted and, and like, and they're just overwhelmed and like can't make a decision to move forward. How do you help someone like that? Like as, as much as you can say to them, you know, this is positive, do this, and you can try and direct them yeah. and they're just stuck. because All about goals because where people get stuck <laughs> is when they haven't achieved what they want to achieve um, or it hasn't gone to plan and things like that. So, um, you know, what but is I it? Think, that- I think you have to be willing to move off your plan because... You know, if, if you can only see your plan as one thing, one yeah. one path, one road, I think you're almost asking for trouble because life is a journey and it will take you in different places and unexpected and unexpected things will happen. Yeah. And you have to be able to be resilient and move on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I personally would like to go back to Haley's point though. Um, when she talked goals, I laughed. I think you have to have a goal or a purpose or a reward that is bigger than, than the risk. For example, if I said to the two of you ladies, I mean, how many of you, I mean, who would cross the harbour bridge blindfolded if you made it alive on the other side of the harbour bridge, there was a briefcase with $1 million in it. Either of you would do it? So this here would be, the cars can't see you, but if the cars will hit you, you're dead. But would you take the risk to cross a harbor bridge if it meant that if you made it across alive, you get a million dollars? Who would do it? Not me. Okay. But now, what if if you cross the harbor bridge? Would you do it, Tommy? No. But that's not the question. But if you cross, <laughs> okay, okay, the answer is no. But okay. what, what if you cross a harbor bridge? If you cross a harbor bridge and you made it alive, then you could save your child from jumping off the harbor bridge. We well, would that's do a whole different situation. We would do it straight we'd away. All, we'd all do anything that we could, isn't it? So what, what I'm trying to say is, when you look at risk make sure you build a goal or purpose that is way bigger than the risk. Then there's no risk because that's what you go for, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And that's when that's when we when we talked about failure, that that fails, failure is okay in that instance. It's not, everyone doesn't like it, but the goal still remains the same and therefore we we problem solve and work out a different way to achieve it, which is that you know, um, you know, trial and test, trial and test, you know. Right. I think I'll do it this way and I'll just jump in, give that a go. And if it doesn't, you know, I might lose a bit of money or I might, you know, lose a bit of face or I might have to laugh at myself and, and look a bit silly, but I'll just try the next way or the next yeah. And that's what Lisa was saying was around resilience. That's that yeah. bouncing back after a setback, um, which can, it's difficult. I'm not going to sit here and say, I've done that really well all my life either. But, you know, you find those ways of going, you know what, no, that goal does mean something to me. That 
you know, and so I will set out to achieve it. But the plan might change and you've got to go sort of, you've got to adapt to that. All right. Now, here, here is the de-psychology catch, okay? So let's see whether we can deal with this one. How, I, uh, uh, I know someone who, uh, some, pe some people, they know the risk, all right? So, so sometimes I, I, I sit down and I go, all right, what if the risk was imagined? We spoke about it. But some people, they know the risk. If so, let's let's take it in terms of business. If I run a business and I don't do it well, I will lose money. So they know the risk. Then they set a plan. They sit down with people and they talk about this and they go, "Yep, I'm gonna have to do this, and I'm gonna make sure that I avoid that, and I'm gonna make sure I, I start to 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 recruit the right people and get rid of the wrong person as soon as I can." But then they don't follow the plan they set. I get it. There is something deeper in them because you can't be saying to a friend of yours something and you don't do it. So I want to know what is the problem? Why is it that those people, they know the risk? They know they, not doing it will send you broke, but they, they still don't do it even though they say they're going to do it. Because I think they need to break it down and follow the small steps because maybe they you give them the big picture of what they need to do, but they need the little steps, step by step, this is how you do it. And it's it's hard to make those decisions. So okay. it, it okay. gets pushed aside because it gets kept, kept getting put in the too hard basket and they're probably busy doing other things, selling okay. and whatever and not, not focusing on what they need to for their business. So but I think it becomes I, I overwhelming. Want I want to use a microscope, though, uh, Lisa, and go deeper so, and have a look at the moment between the uh, that the uh, response or, or the feedback and the response. So they made the decision, and the response is different. What I just want to have a look in that gap between the decision and the response. What is it that stops some of them? Fear. Fear. What fear? What fear would that be? You might be looking at it from a perspective of, well, you should fear failure because you'll have to shut that business. But they could be fearing the fear of rejection from, you know, the, the teammates. They could be feeling um, a fear of, yeah, like judgment in the community. Yeah. You know, like when we're talking about possibly bringing other people in and getting people and, and moving people on, lots of people have difficulty doing that, even if they know the outcome will, would be beneficial because they're people and they're humans. And so you've got to address that part. Right. Yeah. Okay. And without knowing it specifically, but, yes, people can become fearful and... Yeah, that, that sense of fear or sense of self or, you know, self-worth or judgment can overcome the, the fear of losing a business or, yeah, worse. All right. I don't want to go away. You can't really say too much, but I, I wanted to say to you the, the laws for the moment on podcast is quite relaxed, so we cool. But <laughs> you have people sitting down with you. 
and they say, I, I want to take that risk. I understand it's a risk. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then you talk to them, right? Haley, so, and you want to help them. And, and you can see, all right, well, I, I'm, I'm going to use a little bit of, of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy on you. And I'm going to make sure that CBT is going to get you right. And, and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. But then they go out and they don't do it. It, it's my it's my question right now so what is it that someone sometimes even your mates tell you that and then they don't do it what is the process they go through the head what is stopping them because i for if i can really get that right i think i can help so many more people but right now i've got so many people in front of face to face they say yeah you're right i'll do it i will i, I will you're right and then they hang up the phone from me and they just go back to their own ways so without knowing all the ins and outs, I'll tell you one thing that you need to do that you're missing in order yeah. to get, is to say, so what's the first thing you're going to do towards that now? Yeah, the first step. I, I get it. So I get them down to the first step, but they don't even do it. Yeah, and then that's a that's another question because it, it's coming, it would generally come back to fear um, of something, but yeah, each scenario is different. So I'm, yeah, I'm such an individual, individualizer that it's like, oh, I, can't. I, I, I understand, I understand that. So, so right now, what I'm trying to ask you is a question on IQ side, yeah. where people will say to you certain things and they they don't follow up on that. So, do you sit down and psychologist and go, this is an EQ side. There is either a trauma or something that is bigger that is stopping from that person from processing that information at that level and then therefore they stuck there iq wise it makes sense if you get them on stage they can talk in front of two thousand people and say it right yeah but still something is stopping them i i'm still looking for it it's like i've seen leaders who go to for example leadership uh, seminar around me and after 10 years, they've heard me saying everything I had to say. And, and really, seriously, I'm not that intelligent. There's not that kind of vast knowledge. It's it's always the same thing. Old You're, habits, Thomas. <laughs> old habits, yeah. Is old, it old habits. Yeah. And I think um, people probably, like, in, in talking about that scenario, you have to have a look that you are still in a position of power. Lots of people are going to tell you lots of things because that's what they think you want to hear. Right, right. So it doesn't mean that they are going to do it. It just means that they're either wanting the conversation to end. Yes. Doing you enough to give themselves an out. And then they start making the excuses around like, oh, I'm busy. I can't take your call <laughs> and things like that because there's yeah. something else going on. And, yes, they've said it, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be their action. Just because, And even though that's the way you view it is that if I say something, I'm going to do it. That's who you are, but that's not who other people may be. And that can uh, be really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is there something that as a uh, someone who helps them, is there something that I can then do to make sure it happens? You know, I, th I think you have to get back down to the, 
involving them in the problem solving. Like you're coming up with the solutions and the majority of the time people don't take other people's solutions on board like 99% of the time. And I guess ask if when they're they're saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, putting it back and going, is this achievable? You know, like questioning, can you you do this? Like, and how are you going to do this? Yeah, and is is this the right way for you? Because there's other ways, you know, do you want to go away and think about it? Do you want, like, and then we can come back to it and those sort of things. If you, if people have no sense of control, they'll lie or they'll try to escape, that creates way too much for them. They can become mm. overwhelmed. So you need to sort of break it down to, well, you know, this is what, you know, I think is the best way forward for these reasons. This is my experience. And you can sit across from a doctor with a problem you went to the doctor for, and they will say, you need to do these things. And so many people walk out of that doctor's surgery and go, I ain't doing that. Nope. Yeah, but I can only talk about from the, I can only talk from the point of view of a salesperson. This is why I'm asking you because you, you're you're, you're the psychologist, but from this point of a salesperson, I go, you you were not a very good salesperson. Because as a doctor, if I was a salesperson in that room, I, I would really look at their body language and their facial language, and I would just create and build a picture in their head that is so bad until they go, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. Right? So to me, as a salesperson, I go, there was a dis- disconnect between you, the doctor, and the patient. Yeah. Right? But here is, a- as a salesperson, and I know how to sell. I know when you sell, 7% is what you say, 93% is how you come across and, and how you read and, 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 and portray your body language. But still, some, I, I am dumbfounded sometimes I sit down with team, my, my mate. And when I'm sitting down with my mate, you can bet your life that my advice is going to be as if I'm giving advice to my kids. And, and then they walk away and they say, yeah, 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 man, you're right. And they don't do any of it. And I'm going, what are you doing? So, and, 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 I'm, and, and so I have, long time ago, I have stopped from saying, you, why aren't you doing it? I always go about myself because at least I can change something about myself and do something. So, is there something else that I can do to help these people? Ask if they want your help. <laughs> Why is it you always make it that simple, you women? Stop it. Just, <laughs> you just want to say things and you might have all the problem solving and know exactly what path they should take and they're not ready. They're not ready to hear it. They're not ready to change. And that is pretty much my job. Like. Okay. I'm a change merchant, pretty much, but I've just got to work out. Change merchant? No, you no, you look like a you sound like a saleswoman. You probably. Should. <laughs> I'll come out of my mouth, but anyway, it's there. <laughs> so people are on a different journey, and they and they are they ready for change? And it yes. might not be a massive change; it just might be on taking on advice. Or yes. <clears throat> and why I brought up the doctor thing is like. Yeah, people can be told, like, your lifestyle is making you sick. You need to do this, this, this. And they walk out and they say, I'm not doing that. Because they've weighed up, well, you know, I'll take that risk of getting sicker or, you know, or take things into my own hands. I'm not going to do what the expert told me to do. 
they make that choice. And I think in your example, it's exactly the same thing that people yeah. are going, okay, well, I hear you and you're a really successful man and I would like to be successful like you, but I'm not ready. And everyone's different. Outside, but I'm not Everyone's ready. different. So, you know, everyone following the advice of like, you know, not not in a business form, Thomas, because I yeah. think, you know, in relation to, to business and, and running a, a real estate agency and, and a team, like you've nailed it. Like, you know, your advice is gold. If, if someone is lucky enough to have your guidance and your leadership, well, you know, that should be followed. But coming from like a personal basis and, and life fears and that type of thing, everyone's different so Haley's advice to me your advice to me would be different so it, it all comes back to that person being able to take on the advice and how they are going to fit it into their world and their journey and their career choices and their team like everyone is different and one set of advice isn't always right for every person in the same situation so if yeah. if Hayley and I are in the same situation we may end up in two different places you know yeah I I, I, I get your point but really if Haley and I were really in sync about giving the advice our advice should be the same when it comes to giving it to you about a position that you're after yeah but it just doesn't it doesn't always fall the same way mm. it doesn't land the same way so, uh, so are you trying to say to me that what i'm doing is useless no no <laughs> is that your nge is that your nge thomas no <laughs> i hear a little bit of self-doubt <laughs> like, oh i'm really i'm sorry that that came across that way <laughs> <laughs> she's too nice <laughs> It's, um, but I often get people come into, you know, my clinic and say, you know, I need to, I need to stop doing this. I need to do this and run around. You go, yeah, great. Okay. Let's have a look at that, you know, and you can sort of problem solve and this way, this way, options, rah, rah. And sometimes I can sit at the end, I go, you're not going to do any of that. <laughs> do you say that? Like, do you oh, just go, no, like, no. are you serious? As if you're going to do this, like. I do, I do. I go, and where are we at at the moment? They'll go, oh, I'll think about it. I go, no worries. Like, <laughs> because, yeah, some people are very insightful and just go, yeah, but none of that fits well for me. Right. I've changed some of my practice around, like, constant checking in and, like, so when I say this, how does that make you feel or what do you think, what are your thoughts about that? And, and, and Or how do you hear that? How do you what you're trying to say might not be what they're hearing it as. And you've got to constantly check as you go along because you can get onto that, well, this is best practice and these are the things that are going to stop you from being anxious. And if you follow these, it's like the research is very clear. You follow these clear steps and your anxiety will be gone. But people can't do it because of their fear or their doubt or their their lived experience or priorities and you know all of these things come on and so I don't do that anymore I don't just go you know a to b and bang 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 
you walk, you do the journey and you do the process and you, and you sort of keep asking as, you know, and how does that land and what do you think about that and how did you hear that, what's your understanding now, you know, and you really have to draw it out of people because often they'll sit there and go, yeah, that sounds great, okay, great. <laughs> I won't have to see you again ever in my life. <laughs> oh, oh, so you're so you're not one of those uh, psychologists that goes uh, sixty minutes off. Uh, we'll see. We talk. We talk about it next time. You're not one of those. The magic wand. <laughs> All right, uh, Lisa. Why don't you just close for this session? I, I thought it was fantastic. Do you know what I? I uh, Obviously, I did a bit of research on, on, on the uh, subject. And you know that the, the fear of risk-taking is called periculophobia? No, I did not know that. Periculophobia. I mean, I, I sounded so intelligent all day long talking to people about it. And <laughs> I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> Peri, periculo. Periculophobia. Yeah, phobia. That's it. Right. I mean, the, the, the Greeks invented a word for everything. You don't have to worry. Uh, if you if you don't know something, look at the Greeks. They'll tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after all, after all, they invented Windex. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You've been saving that one, Thomas. You've been saving it. <laughs> 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 we do, we're doing well. Listen, I, I think that uh, anyone who's listening to this will really learn a lot today. Uh, because I think um, I myself am still struggling with uh, risk-taking and not necessarily for myself, but for people. Mm. Um, and, and I think that whatever we've covered today is fantastic. Right. So I thank you very much, ladies. But uh, Lisa, why don't you just close the session? Okay. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I hope we've um, managed to build your confidence to step out of your comfort zone and um, conquer the fear of taking a risk. Um, yeah, have a, have a great couple of weeks and we'll see you in a fortnight. Thanks, Hayley. Thanks, Thomas. And, and I think that maybe in the fortnight we'll talk about uh, anxiety. I don't know. We'll talk about anxiety. Oh. <laughs> hey, thanks very Hayley's much, ladies. <laughs> I, I, and I have to say to you uh, this, I'm going to steal a limelight for just 30 seconds. I... I have to say, I, I learn from every podcast I do with the two of you. Um, and, and I think that that's what life is about. It's whatever we do, whether it is planting a plant or flowers or even do a podcast or fixing car, it's how enriched we walk away, how enriched we feel when we wake, walk away from the experience. And I, I just want to thank the two of you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. Thank you. See you later, guys.